new business, expansion, uh, and then mutual benefit of the ecosystem. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Alex Glenn, your host of Make Them Famous. Today we have an atypical episode, not something I've done yet, but I've received so many of these same questions recently. And I feel like these are the ones that confuse most partner teams as well as digital agencies, MSP partners around the topic of partner enablement, the FAQs, if you will. These are some of the ones that I get asked the most that I'd like to answer today in about 15 minutes to deliver you some value. Number one, what are the most attractive partner incentives in order Number two, do commissions matter? And remember, we're talking about digital agency partners. Number three, can a poor product still win partnerships over a superior product? Number four, do agencies or tech companies need a partner manager to succeed in creating a partner program? Number five, when do you need a PRM and needs in quotes again? Number six, what minimum criteria does a partner need to possess to be ready for partner operations? Number seven, how can I ensure ROI from co-marketing with partners? And number eight, how agencies and SaaS can effectively co-sell together? Those are the questions I'm gonna answer in this episode, but first a word from our sponsors. For sponsorship, we aimed for not only great products, but tech used to power some of the top partner programs around. We've invited PartnerStack, ShareWork, and Sendoso to be those sponsors. PartnerStack, for those of you unfamiliar, is the leading partner management platform or PRM for SaaS companies like Monday, Unbounce, Intercom, and Webflow. And it is a company we've worked closely with. We advise many of our post-program market fit clients to demo PartnerStack when they are ready to scale revenue through partnerships. And we've talked a lot about co-selling in this podcast, so please check out our sponsor for co-selling, sharework.co, a free app that allows partnership managers at top companies like Qualtrics, Full Story, Smart Recruiters, and Sendoso to easily generate partner-sourced and partner-influenced deals thanks to real-time and unlimited account mapping. ShareWork is offering all Make Them Famous listeners a three-month free account to map unlimited accounts, to generate leads, and attribute revenue to partnership managers' efforts. Use the link below to sign up for that offer. Finally, the top sales and partnerships teams around know of our third partner, Sendoso, the leading sending platform. Sendoso is the most effective way for revenue generating teams to stand out with new ways to engage at strategic points throughout their customer journey. By connecting digital and physical strategies, companies can engage, acquire, and retain customers easier than ever before. Founded in 2016, Sendoso is trusted by over 500 companies and has a vast global footprint with presence in North America, Europe, and Asia Pacific. Learn more at sedoso.com. 
So thanks again to our amazing sponsors. Now let's get back into the episode. All right, let's go ahead and answer these questions. Number one, what are the most attractive incentives in order? Incentives for digital agencies. Well, based on our research, and I'll link to a report in the show notes, agencies appreciate and stay in partner programs based on these incentives. First and foremost, referrals and warm introductions from their tech partners. You can keep just about any agency you want if you are consistently bringing them referrals. Now, referrals don't have to be through an email introduction. Referrals can be from your directory. They can be from your co-marketing article or event or webinar, whatever you did together. They don't have to be those direct email introductions. The partner just has to be receiving business from your partnership, from stuff on your side, from your assets, your website, your SDRs, your team. Number two, support and training from their team, their being the tech partner. They need to know that if they're going to partner with you and double down on business, meaning refer their clients, the clients that they love as their own children, if they're going to refer them to you, are you going to support them and make sure their team is able to provide excellent service? That's number two. Number three, co-marketing and co-selling as a general operational practice. Are you doing stuff together? That's what I like to say. So when you start the partnership, you're not sitting there saying, let's train you up and let's get you signed up in this contract and this portal and let's do all that stuff. That is obligatory things that you have to do to make sure that they can operate as a partner. But above that, are you doing stuff together to put both of you in front of more people out there on social and in newsletters and on your blog? Are you doing stuff together? And then the second piece of that is, are you actively co-selling with these agencies? Are you getting on the phone with them, helping them win business? Are you mapping accounts? Are you in a co-selling agenda with these agencies? That's number three. And number four was commissions. This is number one on some of the expectations, the list of mental expectations for many CEOs out there, especially They think I can launch a partner program and put 10% or 15% and put words like perpetuity and win partners. What commissions do for you, if you make that the main premise of your partner program, is win vendors, win affiliates. This commission offer will simply make the agency think in their head, how many people have I referred to this company and can I go backwards and gather up those commissions, it it effectively creates debt collectors for you and your product. So uh, the proof is in the pudding. We did the interviews. We ran the report. Commissions was very low. And think about it like this. You can imagine even if the agency is small, the amount of commissions you would have to pay out on referrals from your product would have to be pretty large in order to make it even show up as a dent on the balance sheet. Uh, finally, and this is something that's bare minimum that you have to have before you even talk about incentives, your product has to be demanded or used by their ideal customer profile. So that's actually above everything. Your product has to be demanded by their ICP. If they're having to sell hard when they get on the phone with their customers, meaning sell your product hard, and it's not something that their customers are wanting or even interested in, 
that's uh, of course not going to work for either party. Let's go on to number two. Do commissions matter? So I hit on this and I'll just reiterate some of the points that I made. Uh, the answer is no for 95% of the listeners. The reason is your commissions only start to matter if your ACV, your average customer value is high and high. If I had to put a number on it, I'd say 10 K or higher 10,000 us dollars or higher. You find these ACVs and products like HubSpot, Salesforce, Shopify, Contentful, Pendo, Optimizely, SalesLoft, eh, Drift is even getting up there, right? Where the average customer value is very high into the five figures and plus. If you were to rip out those commissions, those yearly expected commissions from a typical HubSpot elite partner, of course, they would be pissed off. But if you talk to most HubSpot elite partners, commissions on their balance sheet is very low. They maintain close relationships with HubSpot because mainly the support, the training, the referrals for many of them, uh, I'd say some of them, not many, but um, the co-marketing, all the stuff that HubSpot does uh, with them, those things that they're doing together. But even then, they're never a large part of the agency's total revenue. That's the main thing. Uh, we did a poll in the agency community and the average was below 5%. And that's of agencies that have one or more tech partners, their commissions were below 5% of their total revenue. So just remember that. Moving on. Number three, can a poor product still win partnerships over a superior product? This is great because I get inbound all the time from different tech companies at all different stages in their growth. And what I like to say is this, like over the last 10 years, right? Meaning 2010 to today, or even let's go back another 20 years, right? 2000 to today, you have to think of these big partner ecosystems, right? Like Microsoft, like even HubSpot, even though HubSpot's, you know, 10 years to today, HubSpot's one of those. HubSpot was actually a terrible product for a very long time. And most of that time that it was a bad product, they were rapidly growing their partner program. They did this because of all of the things that they were able to do for the agencies uh, that was not product dependent, right? All the training and support and teaching them how to sell and offer these services, it was great. So the product didn't really, it had to be there, of course, but it wasn't great. It wasn't good. There were other better products. Uh, finally, HubSpot did you know, become a very good product. I would say today it's a great product, but it took a while. And during those rapid expansion years, they were actually not a great product. But although it has to be done, uh, sorry, although it, it has been done in the last decade, I'd say with the HubSpot example, Pardot is another example, terrible product. Uh, today is very rare because number one, products are getting so good and so robust that it is nearly impossible for an agency to sell their clients an inferior product. Number two, I'd say the adoption of new technology is becoming much easier and faster with self-onboarding, the support, and even some companies offering implementation services by the product itself. Uh, so any head of sales, head of marketing, CMO can task one of their team members or do it themselves to set up. They don't need that implementation partner, that expert in the product. Um, that's today. SaaS is just getting really good. So it's very hard to win partners with a bad product. Now, the caveats to this are, first, 
products that A, have agencies as users, and B, inherently require the participation of multiple companies who then launch a program can inherently have partners day one. Good example of this is Monday.com. Not saying Monday.com is a bad product, but the pure example of how Monday's product works where I'm an agency user, most of their users are agencies. Now, when they launch their partner program, all the agencies have to do is sign up. I think they did a um, case study about this, $30 million with 100 partners. But let's unpack that a little bit. Let's see how those partners have to operate monday.com. And you think of it almost like a pyramid. Like I join monday.com and the first thing I do is create my team, invite all my team. Let's say I'm a typical agency, 30% of my team is gonna be freelancers, contractors. They're still gonna be in Monday, right? But they're also working for maybe five to 10 other clients. So they're bringing Monday into those clients and the pyramid begins, right? But then I invite my clients because I create a web development project and I want my clients to participate in that. Now I'm inviting my clients. The client enjoys the experience of monday.com. They purchase an account and so do the people that the freelancers that were on my account, uh, they brought it into other companies as well. And the pyramid begins, right? Monday.com's product is the reason for such a rapid expansion and so much revenue coming from partnerships. All they had to do was pick out the top 100 users of Monday, call them partners, flip the switch. And all of a sudden they're building pyramids, right? They're building those commission pyramids um, and revenue pyramids. So that's caveat number one. Caveat number two, white label products like Go High Level. Love the guys at Go High Level. They built an awesome product, but it doesn't matter if it's better or worse because they, they give the agencies the opportunity to manage all of their clients' digital marketing in one platform. And then they can build the partnership program to have solutions partners that maybe help other agencies. I'm not entirely sure how it works. I do know they have something going on. Hike SEO is in this uh, ballpark as well they sit behind the scenes. So the agencies that operate these white label tools don't care if active campaign is a better product because active campaign doesn't allow them to white label to be uh, in between. So for agencies that like white labeling, you know, the products in that white label bucket are typically inferior, uh, but they can grow their partner programs quickly. Uh, caveat number three for products who can essentially buy purchase their partners, pay them to become implementation partners in place of hiring CS reps, et cetera. Of course, that may persuade some agencies to join. But finally, caveat number four, if the solution merely wants affiliates and they are very, very good at marketing, they will probably win digital agencies. I'm thinking about Adobe products in here. Uh, you know, the product itself, clunky, uh, too bloated, all this stuff. But of course, they're excellent marketers. They have the money. They can launch an affiliate program. Same with NetSuite, I think, is in this bucket too. And um, they, the only thing is I wouldn't confuse that word affiliate with partners. So that's the iffy, you know, number four caveat there. But today, terrible products will not maintain an expert solutions partner ecosystem for long. I just haven't seen it. Um, now I think we're at number four here. Do agencies or tech companies quote, need a partner manager to succeed in creating a partner program? 
Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to answer this as no. And I tell people this, I've worked with CEOs who have successfully activated, enabled enough agencies to say they have a viable partner program and start to grow it without any partner manager, um, scotted up content, seen it, tap cart. Um, I'd say Pete Caputa, Databox. He's the founder, the godfather of partner programs, started HubSpot's partner program back when. Uh, he has built Databox and their entire operations around agency partners, their content system, their product itself, the website funnel, how users interact with their product. It's all with partners included. So they don't need a partner manager because the whole system is built around partnerships. It's, it's as simple as saying, do we need a partner marketing manager to create articles and events? No, the CMO or the head of content or the head of marketing is simply instructed to make sure partners are included in everything. So you don't need a partner manager in that world. That's what he's built. And it's very, very cool what they've done. And the, I hope they do a case study on it. Really, honestly, it's incredible. Um, so moving on, number five, when do we, and this is we as in you, need a PR rep? I'm guessing this is a tech company listening to this answer. If you're an agency, try to uh, fit it into your situation. But my short answer is you need a PRM if and when you have a commission-centric program, an affiliate or a referral program. And I'm talking to PRMs in general. So everybody that sits under this PRM umbrella, I know PRMs like Allbound don't actually have payouts and commission as a feature but most of them do. So for the bulk of PRM as a category, you need it when you have a commission-centric program with tiers, multiple tier types, and this is fully orchestrated through sales and most of the activity has to have checks and balances in the CRM because it's a commission-centric program. And this is back to the commission idea. I've been helping companies build programs that are not commission centric. And we see examples, again, Databox is one of them. They don't pay commission on anything. You do not need to pay commission. If you pay commission, you're opening up a can of worms, which is you need a PRM at that point. You need to deal with channel conflict at that point, And it becomes a nightmare. So I believe most SaaS out there that are listening do not need to pay commissions, which means you will never need a traditional PRM. Now, the other PRMs that are coming up that allow you to do more stuff like marketing automation and co-marketing management and some of the front-facing partner-branded portal stuff, you know, those come into play when you have a very robust program. But for the first year of most programs, I'd say no. Uh, if you believe you have the inbound requests to justify a, an affiliate program, meaning they're asking you for an affiliate link and you just wanna give them that affiliate link, there are $50 a month products that you can generate affiliate links and go nuts. So very rarely do any partner programs need a PRM and the need, the, the word itself um, also has to, has to bring in the thought process of budgeting, right? You say need. Do you need to spend 20 grand on a PRM? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, if you need affiliate tracking, then it's a matter of, okay, maybe it's $600 a year for a lightweight affiliate tracking solution. 
So need a, of a PR, I might say no, until you have 100 plus very active tiered and affiliate based uh, referral based programs. Uh, but more and more SaaS are replacing commissions, again, with non-compensatory incentives like pass-through discounts, increased support, training, co-marketing, co-selling. So if you're building a partner program based off non-compensatory incentives, uh, check out, selfish plug, partnerhub.app. That is the partner management platform. Nothing to do with commissions or payouts tracking. I think we're at number six. What minimum criteria does a partner need to possess to be ready for partner operations? Okay, so for tech companies, I'll answer this for tech companies first. Uh, you have to have a solid product that is demanded by a lot of companies. For agencies, you have to have a growing client base with at least, I'd say, six months average retention on retainers. This means your clients trust you as the agency. So I'll repeat that for tech companies listening. You have to have a solid product that is demanded by a lot of companies. That could be the very first litmus test for am I ready for a partner program from a company. Many people will disagree and say no sales has to be buttoned up and operations and all this stuff has to be in place on the sales side mainly to support a partner program. And I'd say, hell no. Uh, I'm going to refer to Databox again. I don't think they have a salesperson on their team today. And they grow at 300%. I forget what their uh, head of marketing posted the other day. But they're they're crushing it. And uh, they have yet to hire a salesperson. Or maybe they just hired their very first salesperson. And they have built everything on top of partners. So for those of you that think you need to have sales buttoned up to have a successful partner program, I'd argue the opposite. You should have your partner program buttoned up before you start a large sales team. Um, and then most will tell you that the partner needs to be able to sell to have a strong sales operation on the agency side. So for agencies listening, um, my adjustment to this is to say the partner, the agency needs to be able to close, not necessarily sell, but close. I've seen agencies that are great partners that don't have a sales team. They just have strong thought leadership and some good PR, meaning anyone that sees what they recommend, software they recommend, will take it and at least, you know, give it a look at least because that agency has so much technical clout. Um, now for products, a strong product will sell itself. I've seen many partner programs just uh, just basically ride on the back of the product team, which is sad for the product team. <laughs> you know, companies like Monday, uh, this case study that they put out, I mean, this is probably controversial as well, but I'm going to say I think the product is responsible for the majority of the revenue from the, pro uh, from the partner program because the product is built to create those shares and those referrals as a as a product onboarding feature and as a product use feature so um so look closely at really what is product driven partnerships and what is human driven partnerships um, from there i'll say team alignment is critical the team has to want to work with partners and have partners involved in as much as possible from product to marketing in order to succeed in partnerships i'll say that again team alignment is critical moving on I think we're at number seven. 
How can I ensure ROI, return on investment from co-marketing with partners? Uh, the co-selling answer, I'll answer uh, next. But talking about um, co-marketing, ensuring ROI. So you can, you can never ensure ROI with the first co-marketing endeavor, even any of them. So you're thinking about doing co-marketing with partners. The typical easiest low-hanging fruit is doing content with partners, right? If you do a partner-sourced piece of content on your blog, does it bring in more leads than your typical written by someone in-house on a similar subject matter? My argument would be any third-party sourced expert third-party source piece of content should convert higher from my VP of marketing days. In my experience, they did. Because if you think about it, user coming to the website, they see you guys talking about something that clearly promotes your product's use case. You're going to look at that as biased. But if I see how digital agency XYZ increased leads by 20%, 50%, whatever, using your product plus Google Analytics. And then that article was a step-by-step -step guide for how they did it with screenshots. Holy crap. I would, I would convert off that all day long, right? So there's things that your team cannot even create like that use case specific content because they're not an agency trying to help clients using your product. You guys are the product owners. So when you talk about ensuring ROI, the other word is attribution. How do you attribute that ROI from co-marketing. So my suggestion to this answer is co-selling. Uh, co-selling, we'll go into a little bit more on the next and final question, but what you want to get is a source of attribution. You want to see right off the bat before you do any big co-marketing endeavors with that agency partner or that tech partner, you want to see who do we have in our account, in our uh, pipelines that we're both selling to today, how many total. So we have, let's just say as an example, uh, the agency brings 500 accounts to the co-selling software. The software should have way more. So let's say software has 10,000 accounts that they're bringing. The middle of the Venn diagram, the overlap, those leads that you're both selling to, let's just say it's 10 when you start, right? And then there's people on either side. Um, well, you're going to monitor that number before and after you produce your co-selling content. So you're going to have 10. You're going to run that webinar. You're going to publish that blog. You're going to let it kind of get some traffic and some impressions. And you're going to see because you've marketed that blog to both of your audiences. That's the other part of this. Co-marketing means tech partner has to publish that on social, link to it, tag the agency, put it in their newsletter, put it in their blog. Agency has to do the same thing. If that co-marketing was effective, you'll see your overlapping pipeline increase then it's just a matter of how much pipeline value is there and how much did that event or piece of content cost you. So that's an easy exercise to run, but it requires account mapping. Now, final question, how agencies and SaaS can effectively co-sell together? So how can agencies and SaaS effectively co-sell together? I'll say technology, replace SaaS with tech for any of you out there. So, the underlying issue with this is there isn't a software out there helping to educate agencies on co-selling through marketing blogs or training. They are not being helped, right? So agencies, 
I think it was in our poll, we did another poll in the agency collective, 4% of agencies that answered this poll had effectively co-sold using a software that was built for account mapping and co-selling. Like Reveal is, is, is a great tool, reveal.co, check them out. Um, now, that means 96% haven't used the software. Uh, reason for that is not because it's expensive, because Reveal is free. You can sync your CRM and use Reveal for free. So it's not because it's expensive. It's because these software aren't marketing to agencies. They're marketing to other SaaS companies to use the product. And then that product goes into the sales team, sometimes partnership and sales, but it, let's just say it goes to the sales team as a co-selling product and the sales team are using it, but they're not using it with agency partners. Even if it's on the partnership side, the first use case for co-selling is with technology strategic partners. So agencies just aren't brought into that for the most part. So how can you effectively co-sell with an agency? The first thing is you got to educate them. We're helping with this, but you guys have to help too. So have a all hands webinar slash meetup with all of your uh, agency partners, walk them through how they can co-sell with you and what the routine is. Um, the second thing is most agencies don't have a trained sales leader who learned to co-sell at a previous tech company like your tech companies, apologies, let me get rid of that, like your tech companies do. So you think about this, if I'm an agency and my head of sales has never co-sold, I'm just gonna leave it right there. I'm, I'm not going to push them to co-sell when they have never done it. They have to do their own education. They have to get comfortable with it. They're my head of sales. Uh, they're going to do what they do to hit their numbers. And if they're not comfortable co-selling, it's just not going to happen. Um, so number three is according to a poll we ran, um, and this is the data that I just mentioned. So I'll skip that. I have these notes written down. But I mentioned that 4% of agencies effectively co-sold using a tool. So the education part. Um, so how the how of this education begins with nurturing your partners into understanding why it will bring them new business, right? So I mentioned scheduling an all hands partnership type call, awesome. But you wanna make sure that you're warming them up to the idea of, even though I'm the one introducing you to co-selling, it's gonna benefit you. Here's how the operation is going to work. So you wanna make them feel comfortable. So what I suggest to all of my teams is, A, or number one, step number one, set up co-marketing campaigns with your partner. Step two, before those go live, map accounts to have a source of attribution. Number three, suggest warm intros. That's an easy next step. You see people in that center of the Venn diagram, those mapped accounts that are overlapping. Go down that list of URLs and see where they're at in each of your pipelines and what you can do to introduce each other. Number four, strategize more focused campaigns to account base, account base sell those in the peripheral, right? The peripheral is outside of the middle of the Venn diagram. Those are leads that are in their pipeline, but not in yours, right? Or yours, but not in theirs. You need to be very strategic about those. Have your partner team and your sales team get together and analyze all of those leads that are in your pipeline, but not in your partners. What do they have in common? What is relevant? with relation to the types of partners you have and their needs, and then formalize an account-based approach to get those people 
to see your partner directory, right? To see that content that you just published with that partner. So find out what their needs are and then get with your partners and say, most of them are this type of company. They're going to be in this phase and they're going to need this type of content and this type of help. And then have the agencies put it back on them to bring you that type of content, case studies, videos, put together events related to what those pain points are and account base the crap out of that side of the pipeline and have the agencies do the same. Go down their list of all the leads in their pipeline that aren't in yours and pick out the ones that would be great for this product and then sit with you on calls and strategically figure out how you can be in front of them, what type of content that they would need and what type of offers, pass-through discount type offers they would need or the agency would really need to be comfortable making the introduction, but at least have that content marketing going so that co-selling can be that routine. So the last thing I would suggest doing is setting up a monthly or quarterly, depending on how often and how busy it is for you and how attractive co-selling is for your agencies, but set up a periodic recurring stand-up just based on account mapping and going down the list and seeing who's new in the pipelines that can be made a warm introductions to, and then also reviewing those domains to figure out some account-based marketing, co-marketing that you can both create to help move those pipelines to the middle. So those are the eight most asked questions that I get around partner enablement. Most of the polls that I mentioned uh, will be linked below, but if you'd like to start your own poll or just ask a quick, quick question, if you're an agency, head to community.partnerprograms.io and post a quick question there in the newsfeed and we'll answer it. If you are a tech company, head to collective.partnerprograms.io, post in the top of the newsfeed and I'll at least answer and I hope other people will jump in and answer as well and we'll get some good data together. That's that, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I will. You'll hear me on the next episode of Make Them Famous in about a week. Thank you.